0: what's up dirtbags welcome to episode 228 of the midwest angler podcast scott Sturman, matt dutch what's going on man man i'm just excited
1: you know knoxville nationals week that's right Uh, that's right that's a good news story in itself right there right i mean for people that listen to the podcast they know that we enjoy a little dirt track racing and some sprint cars so uh We've been spending a lot of time on uh, your neighbor, Jeremy K.'s big deck over there. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know you get a little bit more
0: enjoyment out of that than uh, everyone else. Uh, just can't get yourself uh, uh, more excited than to go over and sit on Jeremy's big deck. But uh, I know. <laughs> Jeremy does have a big back deck. He does. You know. <laughs> but, uh, no, nope, uh, uh, we, we throw a TV out on my neighbor, Jeremy K.'s uh, big deck. Uh, we kind of started up a little Twitter handle called Big Deck Racing. Uh, Matt runs that, uh, uh, interacts with a lot of the sprint car racers and, uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, just, uh, you know, for, for those of you that know Matt's Photoshopping skills, uh, we, he, he uh, <laughs> he throws together a lot of, a lot of good ones. So, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, Knoxville Nationals week. So, uh that uh that is pretty exciting that it is i'm looking forward to it you bet so uh this week's episode is brought to you by dakota angler in sioux Falls, south dakota uh absolutely the best bait shop there is here in the upper midwest and they also enjoy a little bit of dirt track. they do they were down at rapid speedway the other night they even sponsored dirt track racing car that's right um they got a whole bunch of Berkeley Bass Hooks uh, marked down. Select Money Badgers are on sale. Scented Flicker Shads, $3 off. Uh, they got a new a bunch of new custom shad wraps and Flicker Shads uh, in from Trickle Tackle. And uh, they also got that Acme Tungsten uh, search bait in. Uh, they cannot keep them in stock, Josh says. Uh, as soon as they get them in, they're sold out. Is that the one that uh, Tom Boley yes. did? Yes. Uh,
1: did a little art or did a little video on it yep uh
0: that uh that's all it took <laughs> and boom People explosion yep so uh, uh stop in there to dakota angler there in the north side of sioux falls uh chat with those guys they will uh, get you pointed in the right direction as far as uh which lakes are going but they'll also uh, get you equipped for what you need to have a successful day out there on the water uh it's starting to feel like fall you know in the evening but
1: uh there's a lot of really good fishing going on yet yeah there is it's it's, it's getting to be that time of year where the fish are going to start putting on the feed bag you know yep. and like you know they're schooling up they're doing all that stuff so definitely get in there and talk to those guys and find out where the hot bite is
0: yep and uh if you can't make it in uh, if you're not from the uh the tri-state area here uh, go online www.dakotangler.com. Use code Dirtbag at checkout. Uh, it's it's basically you're gonna have your stuff basically uh, uh, the same the same time that you would if you'd show up there. Their their shipping is so damn fast. Uh, if you order something right now, I swear to God, like 10, 10 minutes later, you get a <laughs> shipping notification yep. and and, and uh, it doesn't take boom. long. Yeah, you're gonna get it the next day if you live uh, halfway in the area.
1: I guarantee it but uh, do that use code dirtbag uh, you'll be happy that you did also if you're thinking about you know ice fishing the the code angler ice institute is coming up That's at the beginning right. of November if you have like a you know a product or a company or something like that that you'd like to get showcased you know get it out to people get a hold of those guys and you if you want to be a vendor uh, it's a great great opportunity to get your product in front of people that uh, are going to be using it yep and guess who else is going to be there? Uh, a couple of the most handsome guys in the upper Midwest is what I've heard. Yep, yep. Say no more. That's it. <laughs> Say no more. Otherwise, the uh, there's going to be a lot of girls in line there. Exactly right. Yep. I mean, poor Josh is going to be have to be running around with a mop and. A bucket <laughs> over by our booth, so. Easy, easy.
0: <laughs> and that's not because of spilled Freedom Brew coffee. Exactly <laughs> I guarantee <right>. you that. I <laughs> guarantee <laughs> you that. But, uh, no, I think we'll probably get uh, some more Freedom Brew again this year and uh, uh, have some hot coffee going in the booth. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I actually had the first person reach out and wanted to know if we were going to do the rod building contest All again. Right. So uh, I told him, I think so. Yeah. I think so might as well kind of so,
1: planned on it we better probably start getting that together so some of these guys can yep start putting them putting them together
0: yep yep last year uh, I think uh, I think we can chalk that up as a success so uh, yeah I'd might as well so. do it again uh, this year uh, another thing uh, another, cheating another cheating scandal another cheating scandal. another cheating scandal this time uh, not wait actually shove another fish. fish in shoving fish in fish a little fish on fish
1: action. That's true. That's true. Uh, what state's it out of? I think Ohio again. Yeah, shocker. Right? I don't know what's up with them, and they love shoving stuff and walleyes out there. I'm
0: sure that there is good people in Ohio. I'm sure of it. But if you ever pay attention on Facebook, if there's that one dude that's mouthing off like in, on a Facebook page, and, and you can't help yourself, it's just like, what the... What is what, this idiot talking about? What does this dude got going on? Right. You click on his profile picture, Ohio. Oh. The other thing that's a dead giveaway, School of Hard Knocks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's every school in Ohio, yep. it seems yep.
0: like. School of Hard Knocks from Ohio. That dude talks more crap online than anybody else. Yep. Than anybody
1: else. But uh, Yeah, another cheating scandal in the walleye world. It's I'm just, pretty
0: sure this time, did a DNR officer like actually witness?
1: I think so. I think they watched him do it. So Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it especially like as fresh as the the weights and fish deal is i mean now it's like if you're those guys ruined it for everybody They're you're gonna get caught so don't do it yeah i don't know why you'd want to do it anyways no there the, the, i don't know there's i i don't know what
0: tournament circus circuit this was in but chances are there probably wasn't enough money on the line to really oh, risk right. doing something stupid like that but uh Whatever the case like we've said uh deer antlers, big fish, a little bit of money makes people do some stupid sh- S- stupid things. Yep. <laughs> so uh uh this week we got a really cool interview uh Tim Hilbert is going to join the show. Uh Tim's been one of those guys Matt and I uh, have talked about getting on for for quite a while. Um he over he's a diver over at the uh, at the Iowa Great Lakes. Um i don't know how he's been down over a hundred times uh That's um good. i've done a little bit of messaging back and forth with him sounds like he's got some pretty wild stories and uh so looking forward to getting him on and uh so yeah i guess uh, uh unless you got something else matt uh we'll cut on over to tim no, let's get on over to him. all right hey tim how you doing doing fine doing good You're all right good. all right um, you know, Tim, uh, we always like to get our uh, episode started with a couple of random questions. So first and foremost, I want to know uh, if you were at a burger bar and you had any toppings imaginable, what are you going to be putting on that burger?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, bacon for sure. Bacon, oh, yeah. lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise. All right,
0: that, Just the all-American yeah. burger.
2: Yep, you, okay. you bet. Maybe a that
1: little Thousand Island. Okay, yeah. on. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to throw that in there yep. a little bit. Yep. yep. All right, I guess mine, I'm going to relate mine to food as well. Because um, we all know that you're supposed to wait 30 minutes after you eat before you can go diving into the water <laughs> and swimming and stuff like that. What's your favorite post-dive meal? Like, Do you work up a pretty good appetite when you're down there?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're you'll be swimming a mile or so you know so yeah i usually uh, dive on wednesday nights for, at the dive shop every wednesday night or try to and i usually uh, go to gilberto's and get a huge burrito when i'm done
0: nice <laughs> yeah, i'm for that <laughs> that Gil- you're talking that gilberto's that right they right there by that scooter's coffee yep yep oh, yeah. it's really really good yeah i can scott, get after some scott,
1: of that scott <laughs> couldn't do it before he dove because people would know exactly where he was diving at <laughs> it, bubbles would be coming up so there they must go. got that aerator running <laughs> you flow a little better with a little gas little so. pro- jet propulsion <laughs> yeah. there yeah <laughs> uh.
0: You know, Tim, uh, uh, I think we mentioned it. Uh, I don't know how many episodes ago, but uh, we we had talked to some people, and and they everyone told us, man, you got to get more divers on. And we've had one diver. Uh, he was an underwater. Uh, um, what do they call that? Spear fishing?
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, underwater spear okay, fishermen. Yeah. But uh, um, you know, you're our first—you uh, know—real diver, and, and everyone said divers have got the best stories. Divers see all the crazy things. So, uh, um, I, both Matt and I were really excited to get you on. But uh, let let's start off uh, and and uh, tell the audience a little bit uh, where where exactly do you live? I live in Hartley. Hartley. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, right. yep.
2: Lived here all my life
0: and and for those people that don't know hartley is what is it about a half hour south of the iowa great lakes
2: yeah southwest about 30 minutes
0: okay yep and uh and and you're a scuba diver
2: yeah for about 10 years i got certified in uh 2013
0: okay and just just something that that you decided to do one day like hey i always kind of wanted to do this let's do it
2: you know, I, I love the water. Growing up as a kid, my brother and I, we took care of about 25 lawns, and we would got that done in the morning, and we'd head to the pool every afternoon from the time I was probably five years old till, you know, 20, and yep. just uh, loved to swim, loved to hang out on the bottom in the, in the deep water, you know, just, so I took a love for water and kind of to where i'm a little bit obsessed almost you know i always want to see what's underneath whether i'm at work i work for o'brien county when i go across the creek i'm always checking to see if there's any minnows or yep. i always want to look see what's under the water
0: isn't that something you know that this is just kind of weird with all humans you know i think we just want what we can't have you know we want to see what's under mm-hmm. the water you know we, we can see everything from ground level, but we want to see it from the air. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> exactly. you know we, we want to see it from the air. We want to see it from underwater. We're not content with just being at ground level.
1: <laughs> yeah, And I, I think it, there's something that goes to say about that, too. Um, being able to see something that everybody gets to see ever. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of like you get up in the – I was on the bike trail the other day early in the morning, and it was just like you're seeing all the wildlife, and it's like, you know – a lot of people come out here in the middle of the day and they don't ever get to experience this or see any of this stuff. And it's kind of like why we hunt and why we get up and go fishing. You get to see a lot of cool things that, you know, the normal person doesn't really get to. Yep. Exactly. Now, now growing up, uh, were you a fisherman?
2: Yes. Yeah. have been a fisherman since, oh, we used to camp at Green Acres, which is Emerson Bay campground, you know, when I was growing up five to eight years old and. Always shimmied out on the trees that overhang the lake, and used to take a little bacon from the refrigerator and put on a hook and catch bluegills nice. all along yep. that shoreline.
0: So, <laughs> now, now I mean I'm not trying to age you at all, but back then, like Emerson Bay, uh, was it was it packed full of houses like it is now, or not so much?
2: No, it, uh, the campground was still about where it is now. Actually. Okay.
0: Okay. Yep. Huh.
2: and then then from from then on, I did a lot of bullhead fishing with my dad growing up, and then we kind of uh, moved up to the walleye thing and went out to the river quite a bit and and then he passed away in ninety three and and I kind of got into the waiter fisherman, yep, yeah and I've been waiter fishing uh spring and fall, you know since the early nineties
0: okay, and you grew up in Hartley, too. Yes, yep. Yep, born and raised and still there. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, um, golly, I'm... I just freaking had a, had a, had a brain melt there, but, uh, um, you know, so, so obviously you, you just decided that you were going to get scuba certified, uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, so, so what kind of, was that tipping point, uh, just, just kind of a, a midlife deal like, Hey, I'm going to do this or, or, you know, just always curious, finally had enough money to do it. Uh, What, what made you finally decide to do it? You know, some
2: of that, uh, the money situation, because it, it takes a little money to get certified. But my son was going to Hawaii, and I've always wanted to get certified. He said, Dad, I want to do a little scuba diving in Hawaii. Let's get certified together. Heck so yeah. mm-hmm. we contacted uh, Blue Water uh, Blue Water Scuba up here at the lakes back then as Dave Swanson owned the business. And we both got certified through him and just took off from there.
0: So, so I mean, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, what what does something like that cost? I mean, I'm I'm assuming thousands or or what?
2: Well, the certification certification isn't too expensive. It's you know it's around six hundred dollars, but then the equipment. Okay. What costs? You know, you can get certified and own all your equipment for around four thousand dollars or a little less you know so right. it's not real bad you know like owning a snowmobile or
0: right or, right yeah yeah that's your hobby like that yeah yep. so so how long is that uh i mean i'm assuming this isn't something you're going to get done in a saturday afternoon uh how, how long does that take
2: no it took a few weeks you know okay. there's uh some classroom you, and then some tests you have to pass and then uh you do your confined dives in in a swimming pool and then you do your five open water dives so you know it's it you can do it in a a couple months easy enough
0: okay and and so uh after you are in the swimming pool then all of a sudden uh to to test out do you finally go into the water or or is that after after you're fully certified all right fine we're going to the lake
2: you no, know, after you're confined dives in the pool and you go into the open water with the instructor and you do a lot of little exercises that he asks you to do, you know, probably the toughest one that people do is, is uh, you have to take off your mask in fairly deep water, you know, 30, 30 foot plus, and then put it back on and then clear it, you know, so to get all the water out of the, the mask. So some people find that really difficult. You know, it isn't once you learn how to do it. But some people, you know, it's so nice and clear with the mask on, and you take it off, and it's just one big blur. Right. And some people just, you know, a little uh, claustrophobic or whatever, you know.
0: I'm sure it'd be pretty easy to have a panic attack down (laughs) there.
2: Then you learn how to share air, you know, so if your air would go empty, you could grab your buddies and, and use his air and go to the top. Just a lot of different safety exercises. Yeah. yeah. See that's why
1: Scott and I couldn't dive together. Yeah, I I'm wouldn't not, share my air. No, I know. <laughs> no, I'm not putting it in Scott's mouth, so I'm not putting it in mine. So so
0: so Tim, I don't I don't mean to relate this back like to the fire department, but on our on our volunteer fire department we have a rule that after you go through two tanks of air, uh, we 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 have to be done going on air and and uh, i'm not 100% sure uh, you know just uh, i'm sure it's a safety deal you know they don't want they don't want a guy you know sucking down five bottles of air um, is is there some sort of a rule like that in scuba diving also
2: yeah it, it depends you know how deep you go okay you know uh, cuz uh, you have nitrogen builds up in your blood and then you don't quite think straight
0: oh. you know, yeah. like
2: you're like you're actually intoxicated you might say so yeah you know you can easily do there you have a dive computer that tells you most of this stuff or there's dive tables you know as far as how deep you are and how much air you're using and and things like that and how what your surface interval has to be you know how long you can stay under but most generally we just do a, a one tank dive
0: okay and, you know, as long as you don't go real deep, you know,
2: normally we stay 60 foot or above, you know.
1: Okay. And how long do you usually, are you guys usually down? An
2: hour or so. It just depends oh, really? how deep you go. The deeper you go, the more air you use. Right. So, you know, on a shallow dive, a lot of times I'll do a solo dive, uh, just 20 foot and above, and, and I can stay
1: down a good hour and a half. Wow now does that time fly by like you know you're down there doing it and it's just like wow i've been down here for an hour or does it after a while is it kind of like man i wonder how long i've been down here
2: no it, it really does fly by i mean there's so many things to see and so many different fish species you know bottom content weeds i mean just everything you can imagine
1: Huh
0: no. what what do they call that? Uh, you, you talked about the nitrogen building up in the blood and, and kind of almost getting an intoxication uh, feeling. Is there an actual term for that?
2: Uh, narcosis. narcosis.
0: Narcosis. Have you ever just, felt it?
2: Yes, I have. Yeah. And if you go down, you know, too fast in that 60 foot, you can get, you know, pressure on your mask and you can actually get a nosebleed. So there's a lot of safety things. You want to go down really slow and, uh, equalize, you know, all slow all the way down. You just kind of like on an airplane, huh, just yeah. move your, your chin back and forth or plug your nose and pop your ears. And...
0: Huh? Yeah, that's crazy.
2: And and then on the way up, you know, say you're down 60 foot, then you have to do a safety stop for five minutes at about 15 to 20 foot. So your lungs can acclimate and then, you, you're breathing and you're getting rid of some of that nitrogen that had build up in your bloodstream crazy so you sit you sit there at a certain level you know 20 foot 15 to 20 foot and you time it three to five minutes so you acclimate everything
0: so so are you going back up like when your bottle hits 15 percent or something like that just because you know that you have to pad in that uh that uh that rest period halfway up
2: yeah, yeah, you definitely wanna you know, we always head up with about a thousand pounds of air left in your tank.
0: Huh. That's crazy. Well, that is. That's you, very you, interesting. You start
2: with uh three
0: thousand. Oh. All right. Yeah, so so you're you're leaving about thirty percent left for for the for the ride home. Yeah, basically, yeah. Huh. Crazy. Now, Tim, you know, I've obviously uh, you know, being a fishing podcast, uh uh, we we you know want to uh, kind of talk to you a little bit about uh, some some fish behavior and and things that you're seeing uh, with with the fish while you're under the water. so first and foremost a uh, couple of the questions that I had was obviously temperature you know um, us us as fishermen being out on boats and whatnot uh, we do uh, you know a lot of looking at the temperature you know that our graph is giving us, but that's a surface temperature so is is there a general rule of thumb? You know, dropping X amount of degrees uh, per you know every ten feet, or you know, you, you talked about going down you know fifty foot there. Uh, what's the difference? You know, if if the surface temperature is at seventy four degrees, what's uh, uh what's it going to be when you get down fifty deg- or fifty feet?
2: Uh, you kind of go through the thermocline and that's where it starts getting cold. Right at about thirty four foot. Roughly. It it varies with the temperature of the water. Okay. But there'll be oh almost ten degrees difference from the surface temp to down in the below the thermal climb. You know, probably ten degrees difference. And
0: and and when you get that low and and you hit this thermal climb, there are no fish below that? Is that right? Or or fish can still go below that?
2: You know, It was kind of crazy because, I don't know, back in the 90s, we always had a a 4th of July party at one of my friends' house. And uh, we were fishing before that, and we were fishing, you know, in that 60 to 65 foot. And one of the DNR officers, I won't say his name, says, oh, there's no fish below the thermocline, you know, at 40 foot. Well, we had our limit, you know, in that deeper water. That's before they had the slot limit and stuff. But uh, So we were fishing in 60-plus foot and and just really doing really well. So, yeah, and then after diving, you know, there is fish down there. There is. Below the thermocline. They say, you know, I'm not an expert biologist by any means, but, you know, they say that the oxygen level is, is low down there, but we see fish at 60, 65 foot quite often.
0: So are the fish down that deep, are they acting more lethargic than the fish that are, uh, you know, up in in eight foot in the warmer water?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they are.
1: I mean, slow moving, but obviously still willing to eat. Oh, yes. Now, does it it tend to seem like there's bigger fish down there in the deeper part of it, or is it, you know, you find them all over?
2: Just find them all over, just random. You know, you can be in, you know, eight foot of water and see you know five six pound walleyes and you can be down in 40 foot of water and, and see that big walleye
0: no no you know talking about big fish like that uh when you're seeing these big fish are they doing something different than what the you know the smaller fish for say are the average fish in the system i mean are you seeing eight pound walleyes mixed in with the 14 inch walleyes or are those big walleyes kind of off doing their own thing they're
2: kind of off doing their own thing. Okay. Yes. They kind of hang off to the side, you know, and especially smallies are the first ones that come up to you. I mean, I can get in the water and within six fin kicks, I got smallies swimming around me all over.
0: Really? <laughs> I don't know if they see my green
2: mesh bag I always carry cuz I carry <laughs> treats
0: or what, but Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're on your side and and they'll swim alongside of you just about the whole dive.
1: Really? Well, they they always say that they're very visual, you know, feeders and stuff like that. So, like, watching some of your videos, it is pretty cool to see how they come right up there and investigate you guys and, you know, are pretty active around you. Yeah, that
2: last video just is crazy. I mean, I've had once in a while one take, you know, a crawdad out of my hand, but that, that last video, a couple weeks on a Sunday we were up yep, and we hopped in the water and, you know, they started coming around. We, we were over on Pike's Point is where we were and just went out a ways and found a clearing, and they started coming in, and we got the treats out, and, I mean, they were just all over us. <laughs> if, if you saw the video, you'd understand. But, you know, probably for 30 minutes we sat there and, and just fed them and just played with them. And
0: huh. it Yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. Crazy. Now, now, do you find that most fish are, are curious of you? I mean, are there fish that are afraid of you? Or I oh, yeah. guess, I mean, have you ever had a fish that's aggressive towards you?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was on my uh, dry suit certification. And so I was with the instructor getting yep. certified for my dry suit. And I saw a plastic lawn chair upside down. I thought, well, oh, that's strange. I'm just going to lift it up you know and i lifted that chair up and the big smallie come out of there and he just attacked me he hit, really? my, mask, <laughs> he hit my arm he was
0: like whoa <laughs> no know, kidding <laughs> But
2: but uh, the smallies are probably the most aggressive towards you
0: huh now as far as like the big pike and and muskies they just kind of swim by no care in the world or
2: yeah they, they kind of hang back and just you know, just kind of watch things. You know, I, I've gotten fairly close to a, a couple nice muskies, but w- when they take off, I mean, you can't swim near as fast as them. I guarantee it. I mean, they take off like a streak.
0: Huh. Now, uh, have have you ever seen any of those big predators eat eat you know small bluegills or anything like that?
2: Uh, not really. No, I no. have not. Okay. No. Huh. But I, I did see one on the ice truck, and I think it's probably the same one that John Grovner uh, filmed one winter. He was had his camera on the ice truck. But I dropped down there one day, and, and there was a big muskie on that ice truck. And I'm not kidding you. I don't know. It's probably at least five foot from one door of the truck to the other door of the truck, and it took up the whole thing in front of the steering wheel. It was huge. Oh, wow. really?
1: Now, now, what's your favorite species of fish to observe? Like, which ones do you like enjoy the most?
2: Probably the smallmouth because you know they're so curious, you know, oh. and, and and they'll play right along with you. Huh. Although I don't know if you saw that video with with the northern, the three of my dive yeah, buddies. I did. We were just going along, and there was a, a northern. he's just like he was sleeping on the bottom. So I just, you know got real close to him with my GoPro right in front of his head, and then all of a sudden he kind of woke up, and he, he come up to me, and then he come up to my one dive buddy, and then he went up to the next dive buddy, and then back to me. I mean, just like he was checking us all out. But normally the northerns, you know, muskies, walleyes hang hang back and are, are actually almost scared of you.
0: Huh. Now what what what's the thing that's probably the most surprising to you? You know, obviously I think all fishermen uh, have an idea of what the fish is doing down there, at least in our imagination. You know, it, it might not be true at all. But what uh, when when you finally got down there and you were swimming around and seeing this firsthand, what was one of the things that really surprised you? Like, holy smokes, I didn't realize, you know walleyes moved that much or, or you know is there anything like that
2: probably the amount of fish that are down there really you know whenever you're fishing with a boat you always think you got to relocate to a different spot because there's no fish down there or, or they're not biting but i mean when you get on the weed line there's so many fish i mean in every species you can imagine
0: just like everywhere the, on the lake
2: yeah what kind of is funny amazed me the most i guess is the sheep head Really, it, You know, when you catch one and get them in the boat, they have that croaking sound. Yeah. Well, they're they're doing that sound down below all huh. the time. I mean, you know when there's a sheep head around because they're just <laughs> doing that croak. And, I mean, you can hear it
1: huh, really that's cool. good. Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: I never realized that it was like that. Yeah, I wonder okay. I wonder if they're, I don't know, sending out some sort of a signal that they're eating to another. You know, well, is it well, a warning it's, signal? It's a mating... Mating call and, and oh, they kind of like only... the they kind of like the look of you is what <laughs> you're <remember> saying. Watch <laughs> out with that gray hair; they see you and they're
1: kind of like, yeah, he's looking all right today, looking good, Tim. <laughs>
2: but what I've I've been I've read and they said it's only the male that makes that sound. But then I've heard it the other way, so I guess we'll have to ask maybe Scott mcintoon or, or some other biologist might know more. But,
0: yeah. but it's
2: a, it's a distinctive sound and, and sound travels you know I think four times faster underwater so I mean you can hear that so clear or you can hear a boat above you or you know if somebody's up there banging around in a boat that noise really travels
1: does it have you seen it like affect the fish around you like you know they scatter not really because
2: really, they're, they're so curious I mean I can bang two rocks together and I'll have Smallmouth come in at at me just to see what's going on. Right. The smallmouth are just amazing as far as curious goes. I mean, I had uh, one guy tell me, yeah, he used to throw his anchor out and then then cast for the smallies because as soon as that anchor would hit the bottom, the smallies would be attracted to it. So the first guy that would make the cast where the anchor was thrown out gets a fish.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) nice have 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 you seen any fish that i mean scare you have you have you ever seen anything crazy like super crazy down there
2: uh you know there's some big muskies i've seen that that would probably scare you but they're more scared of me than i am of them you know so
1: how about any big snapping turtles
2: buffalo big buffalo carp. oh yeah, yeah. there's some big ones down there catfish I've seen a few, but not that many. Really? Not, nothing like what Kyle Peterson caught there a week yeah, or a couple that, weeks
0: ago. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a big one. Now there was
2: one big one on the sailboat when we dropped down on there one time. But
0: okay, now now I'm assuming, and and we probably should have talked about this earlier. But uh, how, how many dives? How many dives do you have under your belt?
2: I'm uh, right at about two hundred.
0: Wow well, that's enough <laughs> <laughs> and and uh all two hundred or close to all two hundred there in West Lake Okoboji? yeah, probably
2: one seventy five up here and okay then, uh Mexico and Aruba, some shipwreck wrecks and uh the big island Hawaii went on a a night dive
0: night oh Where, no oh <laughs> no, I <laughs> yeah, bet that your was... ass that ain't happening with me. <laughs>
2: You wouldn't believe it, though. I thought the same thing, and my son had done it already. And we started out. We did a a daytime dive. It was a a two-tank dive, so you go on these big dive boats, and we we dove, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, and come in, and they fed you a little bit, and then about sunset, you got in the water, and they set up lights down. So about nine o'clock, when it got dark, all the lights and everything were set up, and my wife and daughter and son-in-law, they snorkeled on top, and then my son and I went down below in 40-foot in and sat there. Everybody gets a, a spotlight, and then you got a blinker on your tank, so you can see each other r- real easy. But the spotlight, the plankton come in, and then all of a sudden these manta rays start coming in. I mean, they're huge. They're like 1,500 pounds,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they come, and they nope. just... Warm swoop down at you. They actually
1: catch your top of your head. They're so close. It's like a fifteen hundred pound bat. I ain't dealing. <laughs> not a yeah, chance. No, that's
2: no kidding. But they they won't hurt you. But it's it was. I took some good video of it. It was probably the the coolest dive I've ever been on for sure.
0: What about sharks?
2: I didn't see any sharks.
0: Not not ever. When you've been in the ocean, you haven't seen no sharks.
2: No no. octopus and you know eel and things like that
0: you know one thing about being in the ocean it's one thing to be in west Okaboji. there's some big fish in there but you're a little (laughs) bit farther down the food chain when you're in the ocean (laughs) and uh that's why i live in iowa the spot where i'm the top of the food chain no way
2: a friend of mine that that dives with us on wednesday nights he just got back from florida and he actually saw some sharks and and had his photo taken next to some sharks (laughs) it's pretty
1: cool do you guys do you guys have a a club over there that you guys dive with like on a regular basis or is it just kind of like a group of guys that gets together
2: um on wednesdays at bogey divers they have uh, what they call wednesday hump dives so anybody that's certified can hop on the pontoon and, and they'll take you you know wherever you want to go or wherever they decide to go that night for for a small fee I mean it's really reasonable, huh. so usually there's you know between five and a dozen guys that go out just different locations
0: right. is is Calvin in that club?
2: no he he's never bill with us
0: okay but. we've had Calvin on the show before okay, and then Mason Winia do you know Mason Winia? no i don't no he's yeah. he he got into scuba diving he's from our town but yeah you know, here we are playing dutch bingo <laughs> 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 uh, now i just again, can't even, help it now, even yeah. on west west okoboji there's
2: so many things to see i mean nope. right oh yeah say enough to, you know if, if you're interested in diving contact jose at boji divers and you know just it it's not that difficult to get certified and there's so much cool stuff to see.
0: Can can you rent equipment? You know, you talked that it's a pretty hefty investment, but uh, I mean, is is renting equipment an option for somebody that doesn't have you know two, three, four thousand dollars to invest?
2: Yes, definitely. Okay. You, can rent. you know, it's it's nice to have your own regulator because you'll breathe out of it. You know.
0: Yep. So, oh, yeah. huh. But
2: you know, other than, you know, that's you know, five hundred to seven hundred and fifty dollars. But but I got couple sets of equipment and four tanks and yes because my son's certified and my son-in-law is certified so we always have plenty of equipment if somebody wants to go
1: nice And now what are you what's some advice that you could give like boaters when they're out there and you guys are down there diving i mean obviously a safety thing now there's you guys have a flag that's up all the time right where you know there's a diver in the water
2: Yes, we do, and, you know, it's it's hooked to a string and, and hooked to a, uh, kind of a reel-type thing, so, you yeah, know, we're, we're constantly letting more out or, or reeling it in, but, you know, just to stay away, we're, it, the law says 50 foot, but 150 would be better.
0: Yeah, right, I believe that.
2: And, and we can hear the motor, I can hear a motor coming from a long ways away, you know, but as far as if you're anchored or you have your spot lock on, I have no idea that you're up there, and, you know, I could run into you you know and if, and if i get close i apologize because i have gotten close before because you just don't know you're up there all of a sudden you see a,
1: a hook with a pilkey or a jig in front of you i'm like oh <laughs> yeah there's somebody up there you, you've you got a, you've got to be tempted you got you a scissors, you're cutting them and they're like oh, that <laughs> one's mine now got a whole <laughs> entire tackle box full of pirated tackle yeah, have you ever gotten on anybody's live scope that you know of
2: <laughs> not that i know of i've, I've tried to have Uh, I should say that uh, side scan a friend of mine we were diving on spirit this year and and I told him we were going to be out there so he he went out there and and got me on his side scan and then he took a screenshot of it you know and you could see that it was a diver but it wasn't real clear uh, Okay.
0: now have have you ever had any close calls with boaters I mean I'm just thinking about uh you know fourth of July well you're probably not out there Diving uh, out in the busy areas on Fourth of July weekend, but you know, Okaboji can get pretty wild, and uh, yeah, you kind we've, you we've kind of wonder.
2: Some, we've had some close calls, you know. We, we, if, if you hear a boat, we just stay down. Yep. You know, but you know, I've I've looked up and I've seen some wake go right over top of my head. Oh, oh boy, so man! You got to be careful, but most of the time, like I say, you can hear them from quite a ways away, so you just want to stay down.
0: Yep. Huh. Yeah, but
2: if you get too close my wife will chew you out, I guarantee. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. So do you do you go down by yourself quite a bit like with your wife up in the boat or do you normally go down with a with a group of a few people?
2: You know, uh, when when we're just out pleasure boating and just my wife and I, I'll I'll bring my stuff along and I'll stay, you know, 20 foot or below. I know you're not supposed to or they don't recommend it just for the air, if you'd happen to lose air, but twenty foot and below, I figure I can get to the top as fast. I, I carry a knife all the time, so if I do get hung up in some string or whatever, I have a knife with me and, and cut. But you no, know, I, I never go deeper than twenty foot by myself.
0: Yep. Yeah. How, how do you know how deep you are? Maybe that's a stupid question, but
2: no, you have a gauge. You okay, know, you, you have do. A dive computer and it has, you know, how deep you are if you need if you need to have a safety stop, if you go down too deep, it's, it's got all that data built in. Okay. So it'll start beeping at you. If if you go too deep and you need a safety stop, there's a little red light. I mean, every dive computer is different, but it'll have a red light flashing that you, you have to have a safety stop before you, before you come to the top.
0: Now, now if you're diving 50 foot, how long does it take in you to get down to 50 foot? You know, obviously you're not dropping like a brick, but, uh, I mean, is it a a matter of just a little bit, or, I mean, is it a slow, slow descent?
2: Yeah, I'd say maybe three to five minutes to get down there. Some guys just pop down there really fast, and it doesn't bother them. But I I like to go fairly slow, and it's actually best if you can follow your anchor down.
0: Okay. Just
2: so you can kind of gauge yourself, because you have weight on you, and, and if you let all the air out of your BCD... You know you can drop pretty fast
0: wow. no so i
2: i I carry you know roughly twenty pounds of weight you know plus all your gear, so you're looking at about eighty pounds when you're all fully suited up
0: 80, 80, 80, pounds, 80 pounds plus on your body. Oh, okay yeah huh yeah, so that's uh that's enough <laughs> yeah,
2: and the thicker your suit is the more weight you need you know in the in the early spring when the water temps 45 50 degrees i'll have my seven mil suit on and i'll actually put 30 35 pounds of weight on me to get me down because it's so buoyant
1: now are you seeing fish like more schooled up this time of year or like in in the spring what do you like their fish activity like certain parts of the year
2: this time of the year, they're, they're schooled up more, you know, after the, the bluegills get off their beds, then they kind of school up and they go out in the deeper water. You know, they're right now they're, you know, in that 25
1: to 35 foot, you'll just, the whole column will be black. with I was going to say, are they all throughout? It seems like they're all throughout the water column. Yeah. And, and then when they're out
0: that deep, obviously the predator fish are, are somewhere there also.
2: Yeah. Especially later on in the fall you'll start seeing a lot of muskies here in, in the next oh, month or so, you know, end of August, first part of September, you'll start seeing a lot more muskies.
0: How, uh, how much do you uh, uh, change your fishing plans uh, based on what you've seen diving?
2: <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy, uh, you know, when I'm diving, all through the summer it just seems like i'm i spend more time diving because the water's nice and warm and i don't have a lot of time to fish but i do you know do some pan fishing and i know exactly where the bluegills are yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah got the old honey and, and, hole
2: and where the big beds are you know if you find the beds you know yeah later on they're not too far away you know they're just out a little bit deeper you know there's some really big beds out there and You know, especially since the zebra mussels kind of infested everything, there's beds everywhere, and they make their beds right in the zebra mussels. I mean, there'll be six inches of zebra mussels with nice beds, just solid zebra mussels. Interesting. So I think it's really helped, you know, the panfish, no doubt.
0: Now, now, you talked, uh, you know, obviously talking West Okaboji, but you talked about the ice truck. And uh, for people that aren't familiar with the West Okaboji ice truck, that is uh, um, a truck back when they used to harvest the ice to, to put in ice houses, right? That it fell, fell through?
2: Yeah, that's correct. It's a, it's a 1935 Ford truck that okay. went through the ice in 1948, uh, wow, the story and the rule research' cause i I was on it and did a video with it, and uh, so I researched it a little bit, but it was the, the driver's first day on the job, oh jeez <laughs> it was a younger guy, and he crossed the seam and he went through and it dropped down and like I say in nineteen forty eight and they just kept it down there,
0: and he did get out.
2: He did get out, yes. Okay. It was, first,
0: uh, first and last Alan, day on the job. <laughs> yeah, Allen ice, ice Service or something like that. It was Al, Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Okay.
2: What was the name of the business? And, yeah, they go out there and harvest ice and cut it in big chunks and put it on this flatbed. It's it's a pretty good-sized flatbed probably, oh well, at least 12-foot long, I'm guessing.
0: Huh. And, now, to, and now you also have another video uh, of of what kind of looks like almost the base of a of a windmill per se but that's uh where they actually used to pull water out of the lake for the city of Arnold's park is that right or
2: yeah that's an old wooden structure it's kind of shaped like a pyramid and it protects an old water intake that they used to supply the city of Milford okay I think 1915 to 1940. Wow. And it's it's a wooden structure and yeah there's just solid fish inside of it. It's it's so hard to fish it. I mean there's always, you know, there'll be a dozen bass in there most of the time, but to get them out to get your lure is another challenge.
0: Yep. And then and then you also mentioned the sailboat. Uh there I'm assuming there's a sailboat somewhere on the bottom there.
2: Yeah, that's um out from Pikes Oh, to the south, southwest, I guess, in about forty foot of water. I'm not sure the story on that. It, it got away in the storm, I believe.
0: Okay, yeah. a relatively newer sailboat, or I mean, are we talking from way back?
2: No, it's it's fairly new. I think it's maybe been down there maybe twenty years, maybe.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Is that uh, is that about it for uh, hidden treasures there at the bottom of Boji?
2: Oh, let's see. There's some other water intakes, too. You know, uh, by that tower, just east of that tower, is the two main intakes that the city of Milford use right now. They actually got a grant, a homeland grant, uh, probably eight years ago from the Homeland Security, and gave them money to put these intakes in. They, They actually dropped them down through the ice. Really? There's one just east of the tower, and then there's another one that goes out in, in that 40-foot range, and we usually dive out there and, and wipe off the the fins of the intake, you know, if there's any uh, moss or zebra mussels, uh, they won't attach to it because it's a certain alloy, oh, okay. uh, some sort of a copper
0: huh.
2: alloy that the, the zebra mussels won't attach to, but...
0: I had no clue that uh, the city of Milford was still getting their water out of there.
2: Yep, and every once in a while, they'll back flush it. I don't know if you saw a post last year. Darren Jones was out there, and he said all of a sudden it just gushed out of there, and he he just was wondering what that was.
1: Oh, I remember that.
2: And Yeah, that's what that was, is back flush and And they do the same thing, the one uh, south of Manhattan, off uh, Fredora, there's another intake out there, and they do that one quite often, probably once every half an hour. If if it's really calm, you'll know you're on the intake because it'll it'll just start bubbling.
0: <laughs> they have to do that every once in a while after Matt goes to Gilberto. Oh, yeah, that's true. Got a backflush. But you want to be
1: really line. careful
2: in the winter time. You know, that's where uh, a four wheeler went through there.
1: Oh, I suppose it does. Yeah.
2: You know it weakens the ice and one just dropped through there not last year but the year before and i was hmm. out there that day where it went through so
0: you ever done any under the ice dives
2: i have not i that's kind of on my bucket list but i have not done that yet
0: hmm. our bucket lists are different
1: there's another intake that
2: goes out on the old end there's actually a couple and, and that goes clear out in 60 foot of water and that one's that one's pretty tall and they, they feed that water tower that's behind the old e- new Inn. Yep. That property there, there's a water tower there that feeds that one sure.
1: now one of the cool things i think that you guys do as like a group tim is uh you guys all get together and you do kind of a spring cleanup type deal and or you know in the summer here you guys did it recently and every time you guys go down there and dive you guys kind of go by the mantra you know leave it better than what you found it and I just want to give you guys a lot of credit for helping clean up the, you know, the water system over there.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good, good exercise that we do. And, um, you know, lots of cans, lots of bottles. Um, this year it was held a little bit later. So the first part of June, there's always algae that grows on the bottom. And, it, you know, it's like a whole green carpet. So it, it kind of... Uh, covered up some of the stuff that we wanted to pick up. So it's best if we can do it earlier.
0: Is is Miller's Bay just crazy nasty with beer cans?
2: You know, you might think so, but, it, it, you know, there's some, you know, you can pick up a whole bag every time you go. It seems like wherever you go, you can pick up some. But, you know, Miller's, you know, there's some, but it's not as bad as you might think. Huh. But, you know, where they all gather is is really, really weedy, so we don't dive over there yep. much, you know. But what what really hurts is when they drag their anchors through that stuff, you know, because there's bluegill beds and everything.
1: Oh, yeah. And,
2: and all of a sudden, you'll see a spot where they just drug for, you know, several hundred feet, and it just ruins the... The weeds, the forage, the bottom, you know, whatever's there. So that's one downfall, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess that's something I would have never really thought about. But yeah, it uh, probably does a lot of damage.
2: You can see that where everybody uh, drags an anchor, you know, they just leave a big old groove, whether whether it's weeds or whether it's, you know, muck or, or whatever. But.
0: I wonder what the thought process is behind. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? Go yeah, good dragon an anchor around. But
2: you know the the middle of Miller's Bay it's it's really, really mucky. I mean you can take your arm and, and lose the whole thing in muck.
1: Really? So,
2: you know, sometimes whatever's thrown in the bottom just gets covered up with muck. Yeah, I suppose nice you know. Huh. But there's some there's some cool spots, you know. We've been diving and all of a sudden there's so much current that you can't hardly even swim against it.
0: No kidding
2: whether it's a spring or whether it's just two points coming together and and the current going through there or what. But usually when you find these spots, you'll find a ton of fish. I mean, they're stacked in there so thick you can't hardly swim through them.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
2: If you can find them spots, (laughs) you'll catch fish.
0: I mean, does the spots change then like with the wind or when you know where that spot is, that's where that spot is for good?
2: Yeah, I've been down there three times, and I've been down there more than that, I guess. I've been down there, you know, several times, and there's only three times that, that it's been the current like that, so I don't know if it's the wind direction, or if there's actually a spring there, huh. or, or what, but
0: that's interesting. When,
2: it, when it's going on, there's a ton of fish around.
0: <laughs> Crazy.
2: And there's times, you know, when you go through the thermocline, like on that, that deep drop off over at atwell you know you can be a boat length and it goes from 15 foot to 40 foot you know if you get on that thermocline i mean there's so many fish at times that you can't really swim through the fish that's nuts oh huh
0: well tim uh i think we've taken up 45 minutes of your night uh, uh well we we kind of got a late start uh, because of my three-year-old the way it is and uh um, don't want to take up any more of your uh, any more of your night, but uh, we definitely appreciate you being on. Uh, we appreciate that insight of uh, what you know what the fish really are doing down there, based uh, on uh, what you're actually seeing and not just what we're imagining. So, uh, like I said, we we definitely appreciate you being on, and hopefully uh, we get to have you on again sometime and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on underneath the water.
2: Yeah, we're going down uh, this week. Yet yeah, we found another boat really so we're, we're gonna go down and and try to get some video of it I, I got some pictures of it through the ice so I got it pinpointed so we're going down this week we we're supposed to have had it done already so if you see a video that's where it's going to be it this one's quite deep it's about in 60 foot of water but um, I got quite a few fishermen friends and all of a sudden they Send me a text. Hey, we got we see something down here. You know, you better go check it out. So then they give me the coordinates, and we go check it out. So this is going to be a new one. Nice.
0: That's cool. Now, do you have a spot uh, besides your personal Facebook page uh, that you post your videos and um, and pictures too?
2: No, I don't. I just I post them on the Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club just to kind of.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Stir yep. up a little. But no other than that, just
0: my personal Facebook page. Okay, okay. All right, uh, well, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck uh, Good luck tracking down that boat this week. All
2: right, thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. See ya. Bye. There he goes, Tim Hilbert, uh, the diver from uh, the Blue Water Okaboji deal.
1: Yeah, I, if you have not seen any of his videos, definitely go to the Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club facebook page and check them out every time he posts one up there i can't wait to watch it oh yeah because he's got some really killer cool videos that one that he was talking about with the smallmouth coming up and just eating the little crayfish and the leeches right out of their hands it's really cool i mean watching his videos you can tell that smallmouth bass are very inquisitive creatures apex predators they are apex predators i mean it's plain and simple but i mean they come right up there and they're just investigating everything
0: yep yep uh, if they, if they're doing that, to, to right out of his hand, imagine what they're doing to trophy walleye, just decimating them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Saddle down guys. It was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, a joke. speaking, of, speaking of walleyes, uh, masters walleye circuit, uh, came out with
1: their new schedule. You got that Matt? Yeah, I do. Uh, the 2024 schedule for them starting March 22nd and the 23rd, they'll be at spring Valley, Illinois on the Illinois river. April 26th and 27th, out in Chamberlain, South Dakota, on Lake okay. Francis Case. Uh, May 31st through June 1st, uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, on Lake Winnebago. Uh, June 28th and 29th on Augre, Michigan, that's Lake Huron. Uh, July 12th and 13th. I'm, I'm impressed that, that you, did Did you know Augre? I just figured that's what it is. I mean, it looks like Ajus and Aju and, you yeah. know, Augre. I so. like that. That's kind of what I went by. It's probably wrong. Yeah, well, Macintoon will let us know. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Agrees. Uh, (laughs) July 12th and 13th, Geneva, Ohio on Lake Erie. August 9th and 10th, Webster, South Dakota up on Bitter. Bitter, nice. Um, And then September 13th and 14th is Cass Lake, Minnesota on Cass Lake. And then the 2024 World Walleye Championship it's September 26th through the 28th at Alpena, Michigan on Lake Huron. Nice, nice. So I, I, I've, there's been a lot of, like, positive buzz about yep, this tournament yep. schedule. There's uh, even I've some NWT guys that are just like, yeah. I kind of like this, you know, schedule more than I like um, the NWT schedule. So yep. maybe we'll see more guys fishing the Masters Walleye Circuit this year. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Is it similar prize money? I, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure why. But uh I I just feel like when it comes to uh tournament walleye fishing, we talk a lot about
1: the NWT and we don't talk a ton about the Masters walleye. Fishing. Right. And you know, and there's a bunch and there's a few other walleye series too yep. out there, but aim and yeah. So yep.
0: Yep. Huh. all righty. I don't know that I've got anything else. Uh time to move to good news stories.
1: Yeah, I'd say so too.
0: Okay. Uh I'll I'll start it off uh
1: um this last friday you gotta was... say who's bringing us the good news stories of the week <sighs> what was skipping, i doing skipping right i about that. did that another that, that last time too i i
0: i get so excited for good stories i just i, I can't you even get right it. into it you yep. in a good mood so uh freedom brew Larchwood, iowa you already know it's the best damn coffee shop there is uh Emily was kind of giving us a little razz this, yeah, this last week about, about our caramel
1: frappes. Uh,
0: I didn't realize that that wasn't, like,
1: I I guess I didn't realize that that wasn't cool. Right, neither did I. All of a sudden, it's just, like, making fun of us. So, I tell you damn right I want the whipped cream on there. Yeah, I, I think well, she sent
0: me one, and she was getting, like, a pistachio macchiato with almond butter and, and whatever. It like, it's like...
2: That's so basic. I, I, so I'm, <laughs>
0: basic. Put on I your boots and that. kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> kick rocks. But uh, Freedom Brew, Larchwood, Iowa, uh, absolutely the best coffee shop. Uh, I've told you once, I'll tell you again, uh, I personally know Austin and Brianna. have known them for a long time. Uh, every time you go over to their house, they're, they're making something from scratch. They're making ice cream. They're, they're making caramel corn. They're doing all, uh, I mean, they're raising honey. They, everything that they have, the, the ingredients are, are 100% the best. I mean, I get it coffee. You know, anytime you go to these coffee shops, it isn't cheap, but I can 100% guarantee you, you will not find anyone that is searching harder for the best ingredients. 100%, uh, uh, any, anyone that I tell, I, I think you could speak the same map, but anyone that you tell, Hey, you need to try this freedom brew. They come back and they're, they're very like, very impressed. Yeah. They're like, Ooh, that was good. That and I'm was. like, yeah, yep. I, I mean, I've never steered you wrong. Exactly. Uh, why would I start now? Why would I start now? So freedom brew Larchwood, Iowa, stop by, tell them we sent you, um, yeah like i said earlier uh, i think we're going to probably have a little freedom brew uh, in november at the dakota angler ice institute i'm looking forward to it so am i so uh my good news story this week um obviously we kind of talked about it earlier also knoxville nationals uh looking forward to that it's going to be fun um but also uh my uh my youngest son turned three this last friday uh that was a lot of fun uh, i mean as far as uh as far as three-year-olds turning three, he's got uh, he got himself a little power wheel, so we've been cruising around, uh, cruising <laughs> around the house. Uh, I think we're gonna kill all the grass, and we're gonna have a have a redneck path around the house. Whatever, it's badass. Um, yeah, whatever. He turned three. That's my good news story.
1: Awesome. Mine is um, listener Creighton Allen, messaged me the other day on Facebook and was like, "Hey, I work at the daycare in Larchwood." During the summertime, and uh, we uh, are coming over to Rock Rabbits Fishing on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Are you going to be around by chance that you kind of come down and help out a little bit? So I was like, yeah, ain't no problem. I'll come down there. And they were down in Island Park doing a little fishing. Uh, They had the girls down there first, and then the boys were over in the playground, and then after a while they switched it. Segregation. (laughs) Well, I get down there, and this little girl comes walking up to me, and she says, hey. Hey, Dad. Oh, no. (laughs) No. she says hey hey dirtbag shut up yeah says hey dirtbag my dad told me to call you that i was like wait a minute who's your dad austin <laughs>
0: <A> little <laughs> so, blonde
1: no little dark haired uh it You're was up. addison
0: Yep. or at Eddie at- adeline Ad- uh, i don't know what the hell her name is so, but uh, Addie. yep.
1: yeah yeah hey i caught me off guard it's nice. like i nice. did no more get there i was saying, hey I was going, dirtbag. That's funny. I was like, wait a minute here. That's awesome. Like, you listening or what? But No, <laughs> yep. it was really cool. Uh, they they caught a few carp, a few catfish. They were all pretty darn excited about it. Yep. A little bored at times, too, but you know how that goes with oh, yeah. Yep. So, no, it was pretty cool. It's neat to see them get those kids out there doing that. Uh, he said they've brought them to Pahoya before in years past and different places. So, okay. And it sounds like our hospital pond in town here that there's... Kids starting to get yeah, fish yep. so i went up there the other day uh Mitch Lopkis was catching a couple fish with his kids
0: so yeah that's good to see yep two other things uh i did finally get my boat in my boat lift uh if you listened last week you heard about <laughs> that uh that absolute shit show um whatever, haven't heard any backlash from that. So, uh, either people are agreeing with me or <laughs> whatever, but, uh, um, yeah, finally did get my boat in there. Uh, did that, it, it, uh, that, uh, that kind of headed South in a hurry. I put the, I put the lift too far down, got the boat too far forward, lifted it up, realized that I was too far forward, put my motor in front of that backboard, uh, kind of got myself in a pickle there, finally got it out and, whatever got got it in uh decided that i was going to put the tarp on top by myself that was an absolute freaking nightmare got it by myself thank god it is it is locked and loaded it's ready to go i can't wait for this weekend to finally get up there and use it but uh uh one other cool thing uh our good buddy ramrod got himself a new puppy goose uh Let's everyone pray for goose because uh you know the disappointment of that owner has has got you know i mean you know I, I imagine when you're a little puppy at at uh you know at the kennel you're like, golly you know can't wait to go home and meet my new cool owner and then you get adopted by Ramrod and it's it's <laughs> like wow like man well at least
1: it is i yeah
0: is there a pound anywhere out there that's taking <laughs>
1: I, I was gonna I was gonna say we should put a poll together to see who will get house house broken first
0: dusty or <laughs> Goose. <so. laughs> they both sit by the door <laughs> with, with each other so yep no uh that's that's cool cute little pup uh, golden retriever me and slate dog went over there and checked it out uh, gonna be a cool dog so yep um nope uh, i think that's all the good news stories uh, that we got uh um we appreciate you guys uh checking in uh listening to episode 228 uh I know we talked last week about getting Max Wilson on. Uh, I think Max is down in Nashville right now, just living his best life. Uh, I did get a chance to text back and forth with him this morning. He said he's in, uh, just didn't work this week. So hopefully next week uh, we're going to get Max on, talk about his recent win. Uh, Looking forward to that also. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, That's episode 228. We'll see you next week on 229. Later. (laughs)